0: Bananas, Known for being fruit. Famous for being a patron pick. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why bananas are secretly incredibly fascinating. A whole new podcast episode. A podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. Two wonderful guests return this week Lydia Bug and Teresa Lee. Lydia Bug is a fantastic comedy writer. You can read her columns every week on 1 900 Hot Dog which is the best comedy website. 1-900-HOT-DOG. She's there. Many other friends of the show are there. It was created by Sean Baby and Robert Brockway. It's it's the best thing you can read. Also, you may have seen Lydia's other writing on Reductress.com or in the new trailer, Park Boys comic book anthology, or all kinds of other fantastic things you can read. There, there's such a range. Really great. And Teresa Lee is a wonderful comic and podcaster. Her latest comedy album is called We're Still Doing This. Her podcast is called You Can Tell Me Anything. I feel like both things have amazing stories, and especially as guests bring a lot in and You Can Tell Me Anything, and and just both are great. There's so many other Teresa things, too. I am thrilled to have these kinds of amazing guests for this long-awaited podcast topic. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Kanarsi and Lenape peoples, acknowledge Lydia recorded this on the traditional land of the Shawnee, Eastern Cherokee, and saat peoples, acknowledge Teresa recorded this on the traditional land of the gabrielino tongva and Keech and Chumash peoples, And acknowledge that in all of our locations, Native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about bananas. Yes, an episode about bananas... Let me tell you something, folks. If you are not a patron of this podcast, you have no idea how much fun is going on behind the scenes with the the patron topic selection process. It is more than suggesting, more than voting. There's like fan campaigning in a very upbeat and fun way for a lot of these topics. This topic of bananas is the prototypical example of patrons of this show making a topic happen and having a bunch of fun doing it very special thank you here to sean stringfield sean thank you also to joshua graves joshua thank you and and to many other patrons who basically became a banana fandom or banana hive or yeah there were a lot of emoji there were a lot of passionate state but it was really 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 fun really joyful because it's just a fruit and they got so into it which i feel fits the whole spirit of the podcast too it was awesome It also turns out bananas are an amazing topic for this podcast. We got an amazing episode out of it. So please sit back or peel a banana and chow down. Get that potassium. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Lydia Bug and Teresa Lee. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Lydia, Teresa, thank you both so much for, for each coming back and doing this. And I always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it. Either we can start, but how do you feel about bananas?
1: I could go. As structurally, I enjoy them. Um, they're cool looking. I like the idea of them. They're fun to draw. Like, But as a <laughs> practical food, not my favorite fruit, not my least favorite. Um, uh, huh, Golden smoothies. On. Not good when you need water, it makes me thirsty and sad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i I like that you appreciate the engineering that's cool
1: <laughs> yeah like they really like if they were i mean if they take like my favorite fruits are more like juicy berries like i it wouldn't it wouldn't fit I, I I get it like it would be weird, but if it had that like pleasure of a juicy berry and the excitement of like a slippery peel like. But you know, you can't have everything. Sometimes you have the boy band, you can't be the baby and the bad boy. You know, you need a pick, you know.
2: (laughs) I do like the peel too. It's like opening a present every time you eat one, Mm -hmm. it's like it's always wrapped up.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Or I let one go kind of for a while, ripeness wise, and then I'm opening the peel like, okay, let's see. How's it doing? Yeah. (laughs) Gonna find out. It's a mystery box.
1: I do I love that they're always like they're very cartoonish and you know as a uh as a, a joyer of cartoons and growing up watching like just silly I like I still I love cartoons. So Donkey Kong all of like you know video game are just like so fun. They're fun. They're iconic and iconic yeah. food. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um I was a banana for Halloween 2 years in a row.
1: Okay. Same costume or did you like, was it banana two, banana one? No, just
2: the same costume. I I was in like, uh, I was an administrative assistant for a company and I found that people liked me better when I was the banana. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. They like they love the banana costume. I wore it. They went wild for it. And I was like, let's just keep this train going next year. I was like, I'm going to be a banana again. Was the company a Jamba Juice? No,
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> it,
2: was, it was just a paper billing company. <sighs> and I had to like get people excited for Halloween as part of my job. <sighs> so I tried to do like big goofy costumes And the first one was a wizard and no one liked it. (laughs) A lot of people were like, I don't know why they were like offended by the wizard with like a big beard and a staff, not a fan. So the next year when I was banana and they were like, like I was walking across the factory floor and someone yelled, hey, banana,
1: like they loved it. (laughs) Oh, man. I love this picture. I I just opened it. It's great because I like that there's bangs hanging out. There's a lot going on here like i was expecting there's like the dancing banana i've seen but this is like i like this i haven't seen this version it's like half peeled you have like a office name tag hanging off of your zipper and
2: yeah i had to have that visible so i had to attach it to the (laughs) banana costume somehow and my only option was like the face hole so i'm a banana with a name tag hanging out of my mouth
0: Yeah, and folks, I, I always ask the guests, hey, if you have a picture you'd like for the social media post, let me know. And Lydia uh-huh. very nicely sent out a picture of her and the banana outfit in this story. So just look up the socials at Sifpod. You'll see it.
2: It's it's a very 2013 picture of me. Yeah, I have emo bags that are like popping out of the banana <laughs> face hole.
0: <laughs> I feel like bananas are a pretty joyful fruit. We'll We'll talk about other backgrounds and valences and things they have, historical racism and imperialism and stuff. I I only know good things about the fruit in a vacuum, you know, like it tastes real good and it's pretty nutritious and and there's a bunch of kinds. Like Lydia, I'm sure what you, I think you said you dressed as a banana two years in a row and Mm -hmm. I assume you got the costume, wore it and then just stored it for a year because like you don't get rid of that. You're going to do it again. The the joy will return.
2: I still have it. I think. (laughs) I, I almost couldn't find a picture of myself and it was like maybe i'll just drag it out put it on take a picture right now because i think i have it somewhere <laughs> yeah,
1: i love it <laughs> well wow, i can't believe i was because ju- i when you said we're you know i've done this pod with cards but um when you said we're doing bananas i was trying to be like yeah i wonder what we're gonna learn about this fruit that it was like it's a venus flytrap that killed flies like but okay. now it makes more sense <laughs> there's like politics around it <laughs> not its fault it's not its fault
0: <laughs> it would be fun if me and lydia just pretended like Teresa. how could you forget the banana tragedy of 1972 how dare you that is so bad
1: <laughs> you know when all the people slipped on <laughs> I'm, I'm just a banana
2: enthusiast i'm i'm a fan of the look and taste of the banana but i don't know much about the banana
1: how do you guys yeah. peel a banana or oh, is this i might oh. I want to know. No. Cause I'm curious, but we could save it.
0: Is there like, more than one way?
1: Yeah, I feel like there's only one way. It's the top. Well, what side's the top? Cuz I've heard
0: Oh. I've
1: heard that we've been doing it wrong, but I don't know if what's we, what group is we, you know. Who am I talking to here?
0: I go from the end with the big stem that connects to the okay. bunch.
1: Same.
2: Yeah, that's like the handle that you can easily grab and break. So I
1: feel like that's how it's designed to be done like that's the intuitive way yeah but it always breaks right and so i like this is not that new but i feel like not in childhood but i saw one of those like you're doing it wrong it's supposed to be from the bottom and when you do it it comes off so nicely and then you hold the bottom like a little cone it's oh debatable if there's even a real right way to eat things but i think monkeys maybe eat it that way I, like, don't believe you,
2: though, because I feel like if you, the bottom, there's no handle there, so I'm going to, I know for a a fact that I would smush it. I would just Mm. smush the bottom, and it would kind of go
1: everywhere, I feel like. Okay, well, I didn't make it up, but I'll find the link and uh, share it with (laughs) y'all later.
0: I Okay. Because I, I definitely have only ever thought to do the stem end and also lost a bunch of tops of the, the fruity part in the uh-huh. stem and then I'm just like, well, can't be better than this. Life is hard. Like <laughs> but maybe it's just better the other way.
2: I've I've never lost a top in the it always opens pretty easily for me. Oh. I don't know. Maybe I'm really good at opening bananas. Maybe that's a skill that I don't realize I have. <laughs>
0: It's like those videos of somebody who's amazing at filling a box with a product and they're just like, wow. like, that's you with bananas, just like a whole bunch <laughs> yeah. instantly open. Like...
2: like I have, I have several bananas here and I want to go grab two and test both ways. Now that I've looked at this link, <laughs> can I grab it really quick?
0: Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll you know, go like, get it it's... and then I'll, I'll take us of the stats <laughs> while you test things. Yeah, that'll be great. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Lydia has returned with a whole bunch, and Ooh. she's going to do experiments while I bring us into the first chunk of the show, because on every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics, and this week that's in a segment called, These Stats Are Bananas, B A N A N A S. and... Thank you both for dancing. That was submitted by Erica Salazar. <laughs> and, of course, perfectly lines up. Also, like, shout out to folks who sent suggestions based on the Banana Boat song. I just, I don't I don't think I should perform it, but, like, great. Uh, either way, we have a new name for this every week. Please make them as silly and wacky as possible. Submit to SifPod on Twitter or to SifPod at gmail.com. And there's a bunch of numbers here about the banana. And the first number is 3 million tons. Wow, three million tons, wow. which is—I I know none, none of us can conceive of it—but it's how much banana the U.S. consumes each year.
1: Oh wow, that's a lot.
0: In one year, Americans eat three million tons of bananas.
1: That means we consume even more just of food, which I wouldn't have. Like if you had oh. asked me to sum up how much, how many tons of food we consume, <laughs> I don't know if I would have yeah. said three million tons at all. It feels
0: yeah, that feels high for that.
1: <laughs> I think it makes sense to me.
2: I eat them a lot for breakfast, and I know little. When you're little, it's a very popular food to give kids. Mm-hmm. So that
1: kind of makes sense. Like daycare is a lot of time. It's really hard to choke on a banana. Right, mm-hmm. it's mushy. Yeah. And are we yeah. counting bananas in ingredients like banana bread, or are we just counting bananas by itself? Like, does it count towards the weight of this three million if you're having a jamba? Drink? Oh.
0: I, I think it's leaving out, like, artificial Probably. banana flavor, but I oh. think it's including all the bananas that get processed into something, yeah. Gotcha. Like, like because okay. the other—
1: the, Net banana.
0: Yeah, because the, the other thing about this number is—and this is coming from uh, an amazing series of articles by Daniel Stone for National Geographic in 2016—but the other thing about this number is the U.S. is almost exclusively a banana importer— the U.S. grows less than one hundredth of one percent of the world total. Like we produce almost no bananas at all because we're not the right region for it.
1: Yeah. But also because of like all the I feel like the idea of the banana republic is very much about U.S. taking over governments, which uh, not to put a downer (laughs) on it, but it's like that's what I think of when I think of us meddling in foreign affairs in the name of quote unquote democracy. And, uh, you know, we don't grow those here at all. (laughs) Right. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) But the next number here is simple. It is one. And one is uh, because according to this different National Geographic pieces by Kelly Nowakowski, bananas are the number one fruit in the world. By tonnage, they are the top fruit that we grow in the entire world. Uh, Next most popular is watermelons by weight.
1: Well, that's cheating.
0: And then that's followed by apples, grapes, and oranges.
1: I do think that's cheating. Watermelon is just so much heavier on a single (laughs) It's it's not fair. I mean, (laughs) come on.
0: Yeah, it's like a car. Like, come on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not that hungry.
2: (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, grapes are really like the one that's getting cheated there. Like, because they're so light uh-huh. and tiny. Uh-huh. It's probably grapes is actually number one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Justice for grapes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, bananas. And uh, that number is also counting plantains separately, even though they're very genetically similar. So if you include plantains, mm-hmm. the banana family is even more far and away the top uh, top fruit in the entire world.
1: Wow. And they're, they grow high up, right? So they're literally a the top fruit.
0: Oh, (laughs) right.
1: It's very cheesy. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) But uh, the next number is five, because five is the average number of bananas consumed per day by people in Rwanda. And uh, that's the highest average in the world. But it brings us into what's going to be a short takeaway within the stats segment. Fun structure. So going into (laughs) takeaway number one. There are two very different roles for bananas in the world's food supply. And one of the roles is what we're used to in a lot of the U.S. of like a yellow banana that is sweet and you just eat it raw. Uh, But then there's a whole other kind of cooking banana, which includes stuff like plantains.
2: Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I love plantains and like Cuban food. So good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it is apparently very genetically similar, but... A lot of the world eats many, many, many like savory, starchy bananas. Some of them are green colored. And Rwanda is one of these places. They eat a, a variety called Ooh. the East African Highland banana. Ooh. And it's basically treated like a, like man, maybe an American would think of wheat or rice or another like foundational grain, you know? Like they'll mash up bananas, use, turn them into flour, turn them into all sorts of different... You know like basic staples so they're mm. eating bananas very differently
1: like a sweet potato almost right like it's got that mushy
0: oh well, i guess yeah. a potato
1: too you can mash but i plantains and Both. sweet potatoes to me remind me of each other yeah exactly
2: that's neat i so are there a whole bunch of different kinds of bananas because i only think of one and then plantain but there are different types of plantains too
1: i've seen the little yellow not plantains but or the green ones you're talking on taiwan like they're they're sort of shaped differently and smaller
2: Oh, yeah, I've seen the really, really tiny ones at the grocery store. I brought some home once, and I, I was like, I, when I saw them in my head, I was like, teeny Beninis, and it was really funny to me. Ah. And then I sat it on the counter, and my husband walked in the door and pointed at him and said, teeny Beninis. And I was oh. like, we're perfect for each other. Oh,
1: <laughs> that's like a that's so sweet. Yeah. What a soulmate moment. <laughs> yeah, the teeny Benini soulmate. That should be a new TikTok challenge, like, you know. Yeah. So- Pick up a fruit, say the first thing that comes to mind, put it on your. And no, this is too complicated. But it sounds, in theory, it sounds like one of those like TikTok things, you know, to be like, did your husband say the same words? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> if, if he doesn't say teeny baninis, divorce him.
2: <laughs> TikTok says so. <laughs>
0: we'll get into it a little more later, but the yellow store bought American banana is mostly just one kind. But according to. The book "What Have Plants Ever Done for Us," which is by Stephen Harris, the curator of the Oxford University Herbaria, there's a whole genus called Musa that bananas are in, and there are more than seventy species and subspecies. Wow! So there's that includes plantains too, and, and there's just all sorts of different colors, shapes, textures, and then with this takeaway, there's this basic like sweet versus savory difference. Because with a sweet banana, eating five of them in a row is doable it's just like a different experience uh, than the savory kind a lot of sugar yeah but it varies yeah like the the world has a lot of different ways of thinking of and eating of bananas it's all going on
2: that's cool i can see why it would work well really well because like part of uh if you make a lot of vegan recipes they'll use banana in place of egg because it's such Mm. a good binder Wow. Um, it's, it's got that like mushy texture and it's sticky so you can kick out most eggs. Like, especially if you make banana bread, kick out most eggs, mm. replace it with banana and it'll be moist and hold together. Well, still,
0: that's an amazing tip. Oh, I
2: didn't know that. Like whatever. Good to know. Could just keep
0: going with the bananas <laughs> and the banana bread. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and this is this is a staple kind is the most common in non-us countries where they can grow their own bananas because if you have to import all of your main staple that's kind of hard but everywhere from east africa to indonesia to brazil to parts of india there are various kinds of like staple cooking bananas that are you know a food you really lean on not just a sweet fruit treat very cool But yeah, so that was the takeaway within the stats. Back into the stats, next number is 1899. So 1899 is a year. That's the official year of the founding of the United Fruit Company. Hmm. And uh, that's that's kind of the main perpetrator of the Banana Republic stuff that we were talking about. There's also like a bunch of internet stuff and podcasts about this. I I really like Adam Todd Brown's work on it. He's the first friend of mine Hmm. I remember covering it. Podcast Behind the Bastards by Robert Evans. Did them stuff you missed in history class? NPR's Throughline. There's like you can get the whole story of them anywhere. But um, the United Fruit Company formed from some mergers in 1899. By the late 1920s, they had 67,000 employees. They owned 1.6 million acres of land, and they were worth over a hundred million dollars in 1920s money.
2: Dang.
0: And they are one of the biggest companies kind of ever to exist especially as far as their influence goes
2: dang and it makes a lot of sense because we really need fruit but we don't get a lot of it here right we we don't grow a lot of it here so we got to get it from somewhere or do we we need fruit right it's on the food pyramid or is that big fruit making me think i need fruit i don't know
0: yeah i think I think we grow a lot of fruit in the U.S., but not bananas specifically. Oh, okay. It's both not the right climate and it's been sort of uh, delegated to countries we commercially took over. (laughs) So (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's that's been what happened, I think.
2: Yeah, I guess because I'm from the Midwest, I'm just used to seeing so much corn and beans and corn and beans and cattle, but no like fruit anything, you know, grown there.
0: I realized and there and it's cuz they don't grow up but there's like no famous banana state in the US. Like there's not Florida oranges uh-huh. or or Illinois corn, Iowa corn, like uh uh-huh. apples a lot of places. There's no like oh, we're Connecticut. Connecticut bananas. That's our thing. Like that's <laughs> not going on.
1: <laughs> there's like fried bananas at state fairs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is interesting cuz when I didn't even re- like we really do there's a flux of bananas everywhere and And I could see America being like, no, banana prices go up. But it's like bananas are just, I feel like they're almost like there, but also not. Like when I try to think of like staple foods made with bananas, it's like, it's not like banana breads, like the staple of all breads in America. So it's like, huh, it does feel like this weird, like ancillary, but also very prominent thing. Whereas like, for example, like rice in Taiwan, if you were like, we have a rice shortage, it'd be like a huge problem. Like there's certain foods that are like very part of the cuisine. And I'm like, I don't. Are bananas like part of American cuisine, but we do consume a lot. Or is it just, we just were like marketed it and then we just eat them. <laughs> like that's how it feels. more
0: <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So i I'm like,
1: what, what is integral? What dishes are integral besides like banana splits? What else is like a banana dish?
2: We, people do frozen chocolate coated bananas. I know there's like a, uh-huh. like the blue frozen bananas in arrested development, but those are like a real <laughs> thing at the grocery store. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because um, I, I, I think you're right. They're like incredibly common, but never like central in American mm-hmm. food. Like it's just yeah. a f- an all the time fun thing. And then if we had a shortage, we'd be like, eh.
1: Because apples have like apple pie. Yeah,
0: yeah right. That's
1: interesting. <laughs> like there's so many iconic, very like quote unquote American, you know, like emotional dishes. I'm like, I don't know if I think can think of any banana ones.
0: Yeah. And uh, the next number here is all about the marketing of bananas. The next number is 1944. That is the year when the United Fruit Company launched a marketing campaign featuring Miss Chiquita. And main source here is a book called Banana, A Global History by Lorna Piotti-Farnell. Miss Chiquita started out as a dancing, singing cartoon banana, and later it became a woman with a fruit hat. Both of them were based on actor Carmen Miranda and her... Dance in a Fruit Hat, and in particular, a 1940s movie called The Gang's All Here. Uh, But either way, it was a huge hit song and character. And Lorna Piatti-Farnell says that the song got on the radio as just a song. Hmm. And in the 1940s, it was airing as many as 370 times per day on U.S. radio stations. Wow. Uh, and Chiquita took off so well that by 1992, United Fruit officially changed its company name to Chiquita. So the same company that did and kind of does still all the Banana Republic stuff, it's now Chiquita. Mm-hmm. They're just not right. as famous under that name.
2: Did they also not pay Carmen Miranda to design a, a mascot after her? Did she get money for that?
0: I believe she was not paid. Uh, no one uh, ever did, anything about it, <laughs> as far as I can tell. Uh, <laughs> So,
2: wow. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine like a bread company just being like Jennifer Lawrence is our mascot without asking? Her oh, yeah. Or something? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and also, like with the copyright and likeness stuff, like so they did Miss Chiquita in, ni- in the 1940s. In the 1950s, United Fruit orchestrated a coup in Guatemala and overthrew the democratically elected government. Like, I feel like they were up to such bad stuff. They were like, ah, like copyright infringement or whatever. Sure, just throw that in. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah. And then poor Carmen Randa's like, I am the face of a coup now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> without my permission. <laughs>
0: yeah. When <laughs> the next number here is 2014, the year in the in the modern day 2014, that is when soccer star Dani Alves ate a banana that got thrown at him during a game.
1: Wow. <laughs> and okay.
0: this is a, another kind of dark story, but... Uh, oh, or... I know.
2: I thought that was like a bad move. Like he
1: grabbed it out of the air and then like peeled it and ate it. That's what I was picturing. Oh. Like as like a, I don't care that you disrespect me. I will enjoy this fruit. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like, thanks for the fruit, idiot. <laughs> like, I don't know. I pictured that it as is... being cool, but I didn't think about yeah why they were throwing it. I,
0: it's both things. I thought, it, yeah. you know,
2: people in Tennessee, people throw catfish on the ice in hockey as a joke. So I don't know what people throw. <laughs> that's cool.
0: Like the octopuses <laughs> yeah. in Detroit. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this because this is the banana was thrown for racist reasons, and then Danny oh. Alves turned it around uh there's there's like one story in a long history of sports fan racism in all places in all sports but one form of that is that when darker skinned and non-european players are on a team especially in europe they'll Mm -hmm. often get monkey chants and stuff and then also bananas thrown at them it's horrible
1: yeah people are horrible
0: and nbc news says that there's cases at least back to the 1970s of banana peels and whole bananas being thrown. But then Donny Alves is Brazilian and he was in 2014, he was playing in the Spanish league for Barcelona's team. In one game, he lined up to take a corner kick and somebody threw a banana at him. And since the game is kind of paused for a corner kick, he decided to pick up the banana, peel and eat part of it, and then go on with the corner kick. And then the the results are, like, as positive as they can be. CNN found out that mm. the fan received a lifetime ban from the stadium. Alves received widespread praise. Uh, he also posted a video clip to his Instagram with a caption joking that his dad always told him to eat bananas to prevent cramps when when doing sports. <laughs> and so he tried to, like, turn this around and not let it get to him.
2: Yeah, it seems like a bad a- response to it, you know, yeah. just... Absorbing it and continuing to do great at whatever he's doing. It's the soccer thing, you know. Yeah. Did he make the goal? Do you know? Did he like then go (laughs) on to like kick a really good goal?
0: (laughs) I know that I know his team won. I don't know if he scored on that play or anything. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that guy didn't affect his day at all. (laughs) That's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, either way, I you know, it's there's there's no point trying to figure out racist actions, but being like, yeah. oh, what, what do you like, bananas? Like, yes, I'm a person. They're very good. Uh, they're yeah. really tasty and healthy and stuff, of course.
2: <laughs> yeah, and they are good for cramps, too. I Or
1: someone else told me that as well. I've heard. My that. mom told me that. Yeah, potassium is good for cramps.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's got a bunch of, and uh, apparently calcium and magnesium. It all helps. So mm. It's, like, it's very good cramp-fighting food. So, yeah, it's just true. <laughs> all right, off of that, we're going to a short break, followed by the big takeaways. See you in a sec.
2: Because
0: of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grownups. But yeah, and then the last number here will bring us into one of the other takeaways for the main episode. The number is 1834. It's another year, 1834. That is the year when a British lord named Duke William George Spencer Cavendish funded the the development of a new banana variety called the Cavendish. Ooh. Uh, and that brings i've heard
1: that word but i didn't know it was a banana
0: i didn't think about them this way until researching but it turns out basically every banana you get in a u.s store is called a cavendish and that brings us into takeaway number two dessert bananas used to taste a lot worse and also might have briefly tasted even better one more time Bananas used to taste a lot worse and also briefly might have tasted even better. That's because there have been a few stages of just one Uh, banana being the main yellow banana in the U.S. and elsewhere.
1: I see. So we decided to be like, it was too good. Let's go back to something in the middle where it's not as good, but not as bad. (laughs) (laughs) Why do we go away from the, the better one?
0: It would be very American capitalism to like withhold the good one, but uh, there was a banana <laughs> fungus that wiped out another variety oh. called the Gros Michel that apparently tasted better and used to be more popular.
1: Ah, darn fungus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and there's a lot of banana progression stuff the The key sources mm-hmm. are Stephen Harris's book and Lorna Piatti Farnell's book, also a piece but for National Geographic by Miles Karp and a piece for BBC Future by Chris Baraniak. Because there are a bunch of uh, more than 70 species in the genus Musa, like we said. Almost all the edible bananas tend to be the result of hybrids between two species called Musa oh. acuminata and Musa balbiciana. And Lorna piatti says humans started combining those as early as 1000 BC. Well,
1: so yeah. for thousands
0: of years, we've had something, you know, kind of approaching a banana in a store. Because bananas used to be a lot smaller and also full of terrible seeds. Not terrible in general, but for humans.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, like you said, not edible. Yeah, what are these inedible bananas like?
0: Yeah, they uh, are apparently very small. Stephen Harris says that some of them would be smaller than a human's little finger. And then I'm dropping a picture here of one of them cut open because they are full of what my sources describe as, quote, tooth-shattering seeds. Like, it's not just that you're like, oh, this texture's weird. It will, like, destroy your human mouth if you try to just chomp (laughs) through it without being careful.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: And apparently also this hybridization, it started independently in Southeast Asia and in Africa. Both places came up with it. But from there we the world still has many varieties, but in US stores you're gonna get usually just a yellow banana from a big company. And that type mm. is a variety called the Cavendish banana. In other parts of the world, it's not so popular. Stephen Harris says that some people in Brazil have come up with a mean nickname for the Cavendish, which is banana de agua, which is Portuguese for water banana, as in it has oh. no flavor, it tastes like water. <laughs> So there are some parts of the world where they're like, that's junk. Get that out of here. Burned. I don't want it.
2: Well, I want their bananas then. <laughs> like, Oh, no. <laughs> yeah.
0: Probably amazing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They're probably really good.
0: <laughs> but yeah, and so we, I said like bananas used to taste much worse because they were these seedy, tooth-shattering kind. And then in the, by the mid-20th century, we had an amazing variety called the Gros Michel, which is French for Big Michael. I couldn't find why. I don't know why it's called that. But this banana, uh, old sources say it had a creamier texture and a richer flavor. There are also a few people with like isolated enough plots that they're still growing it. They just think they can keep it safe from fungus. BBC interviewed Rob Guzman, who's a banana farmer in Hawaii growing 35 varieties. He says the grow Michel is one of his favorites. Quote, it's almost like what a Cavendish would taste like. But sort of amplified sweeter and somehow artificial like how grape flavored bubblegum differs from an actual grape end quote huh so it's like so good it tastes like candy apparently
1: <laughs> it's so descriptive yet so little information <laughs> yeah like i'm like i have no idea how that tastes but good words describing it <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> yeah an artificial banana tastes so different from regular banana to me i can't really imagine a Marriage of the two, because to me yeah, it's yeah. like someone just came up with a flavor and was like, "I'm going to call this banana," but it doesn't really taste like banana.
0: Because I I know I know some people who don't like artificial banana flavor, and I I just like mm. both as separate things a whole lot.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: like there used to be a candy called Runtz where they had like yeah, big yellow runs. bananas. Love them. And yeah. those are good. And uh, basically a space alien compared to a real banana, but uh, it's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I like Laffy Taffy banana, but yes, it's it's not banana. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. And we'll also link, there's this BBC piece they talk about, there's a myth that that artificial banana flavor is based on the old Gros Michel, and that's why it doesn't feel like a regular banana. Mm. But it turns Mm. out artificial banana flavor actually comes from a chemical compound called isoamyl acetate that is in both kinds. There's just probably more of it in a Gros Michel. So it's still like connected uh-huh. to the fruit either way.
1: It's like when our when we're in like a thousand years when we're all eating just like pushing buttons to eat chemicals. Oh. I'll make, <laughs> yeah. I can make a banana, but I so I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> Be printing out my chemicals from my computer for my lunch. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we we have to make an agreement. When we're all on the snow piercer, we bring some of the isoamyl acetate, <laughs> right? We make it fun. <laughs> We're yes. going to have a good time.
2: When we're eating our George Jetson <laughs> pills on the snow piercer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what happened is the world grew many varieties, but the big like banana industry from United Fruit and others grew these Gros Michels because they're the tastiest. And then in the 1950s, a fungal disease called Fusarium oxysporum, which got nicknamed Panama disease. Uh, it kills the roots of banana plants, and so then that wiped out the Gros Michel plants. But for some reason, Cavendish plants survived, and so the industry said, okay, well, this this all-right-tasting banana is pretty similar, and it doesn't die of this, so we're just going to switch over to that.
1: Gotcha.
2: The, Fungus. Yeah, the, must have been a hard time for people back then when you had these really good bananas, and then you tried, like, they're like, this is a new banana forever now, and it was like New Coke. And they were like, can we go back Uh, to the old banana? And they were like, no, literally, they're all dead.
1: So this is just it now. I wonder if those fungus, after eating the roots, would like taste like banana. Oh, the fungus? Yeah. (laughs) Now I want to eat the banana fungus. Maybe the banana fungus is where it's at.
0: Especially with this being in the 1950s, I'm imagining like, famously inflexible 1950s white americans and you're like it's okay we have fungus now and they're like (laughs) i'm furious i'm getting back in my tail fin car
1: (laughs) mushrooms are a fungus that's true i guess that's the word and yeah when i hear fungus i think of like moldy bathrooms but like like woodier mushrooms like in chinese cooking they're like they don't i mean i guess they are fungus but like i wouldn't think of that when i think of they're like these crispy crunchy little like, they look like seaweed, which you're right. I guess That's white true. America would be like, what the heck is seaweed?
2: <laughs> They'd have it to is. just rebrand it and, and not call it fungus. Call it like Funtime Crunch or something and package it. Root and killer. Love
1: it. Make it sound like <laughs> really cool and aggressive. Oh, yeah. When for men. men a root killer <laughs> <laughs> for ben
0: like i'm having a tactical mushroom i'm really enjoying it uh, <laughs> tactical
2: mushroom
0: <laughs> but then the also the next stage here is this switch might have to happen again because panama disease has not gone away according to national geographic in the 1990s it developed a mutation called panama disease tr4 and that can kill the roots of a Cavendish plant, but we've we've known about it since the 90s. It's like slowly reached different regions, and there's no known solution other than cultivating a new banana type or genetic engineering what we have. The last place it's reaching is the Americas. Apparently, it turned up for the mm-hmm. first time in Colombia in 2019, in Peru in 2021. You You might read articles that say like, oh, bananas are going extinct, and... It's like semi-true. Like for a couple decades, wow. a fungus is beginning to maybe impact the one we have. And so there are people working on, you know, a new cultivation, something else.
2: Well, we're great at dealing with diseases. <laughs> so I think it's
1: going to be fine. We have lots of experience with that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's vaccinate all the Cavendish bananas. Get them boosted. They'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. <laughs> pour some bleach on them whatever you know
0: i definitely earlier this week i definitely had an article about omicron and an article about panama disease tr4 in like different tabs in my browser it's a it it really looms in this context but uh (laughs) but yeah and uh there's also a piece of good news is that in 2012 human scientists sequenced the banana genome so hopefully that opens some doors to, like, genetic engineering, uh, a banana that doesn't die of this stuff. To
1: making real human bananas and pajamas? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can we combine? Can we work something out here? <laughs> I'm not eating
2: another banana ever again until they wear pajamas. <laughs> That's the future I want. I love that show. So good. It's cute. It's really good, yeah. I felt bad for the actors because how do they see through those costumes and they have to come downstairs? <laughs> not not
1: safe. <laughs> yeah. It's really soft if you fall, it's like squishy. That's true. I guess maybe that's and why. You can't slip so on a banana if you are a banana. Yeah. Fact. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, just wear your safety banana and you're good. You you could do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Well there there's one more takeaway for the main episode then we got a bunch of bonus stuff but takeaway number 3 bananas are berries that grow from herbs
1: No I huh. deny this this is not true <laughs> This is that I put my foot down Yeah slip on a peel <laughs>
0: Yeah, the rest of this uh, is just mind-bending biology stuff. Bananas are berries, and they grow from herbs, turns out.
1: Well, elaborate. Like, what is a berry? Uh, this <laughs> it's not a berry, so what do you mean by this? Right.
0: <laughs> right, because I'm I lying. Agree. Huh? I agree. Yeah. Define <laughs> berry.
1: Define <laughs> berry. Because I'm not buying this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it turns out, because starting with the berry stuff, like... Modern bananas in particular, the ones with no seeds in them, are basically berries. Because a berry is a fleshy fruit without any major seeds or stones or pits or anything in them. Hmm. And so experts will often describe bananas as, quote, a leathery berry. (laughs) What?
1: I mean, strawberries have, aren't those seed things all over it? Those aren't seeds? What are those little things all over the strawberry? Those are seeds.
0: Yeah, but they're not like... The real definer is like a big like oh, like peach a big pit, one, or or even huh. apple seeds. You know, those are like too tough okay. to really chew through. Okay. Like strawberry okay. seeds are so tiny and uh-huh. liminal that it's not a big deal.
2: I wish everyone could see your "I caught you" face. Like that was a really good "I caught you" face you just gave to
1: Alex. Like yes. <laughs> well, I'm just having trouble wrapping my head around this because bananas also have a peel, and don't berries have no casing?
0: yeah and th- that's a perfect question, because it turns out the other way they're a berry is that the peels are edible, which I've never tried to do, but they're apparently like perfectly totally edible, and some cuisines in India and separately Venezuela will use banana peels as you know just a mm. part of the food like it's It's not like because I've had banana leaf things as like a wrap around food, and you don't eat the leaf that's different. But banana peels you can fully just eat, apparently, especially if they're cooked properly and they taste good. Oh, also one, just one other thing with eating banana peels, it turns out modern vegetarians have figured out how to use them as a meat substitute. So I'll link a few vegan blogs where they talk about like a version of bacon and also a version of pulled pork sandwiches where you can just cook up a banana peel and use that instead. But uh,
2: I feel like I have heard of that now that you say that. Yeah,
0: you can just do it, I guess. Yeah.
2: I can see where they would be crispy and like good if you fry them long. If you fry anything, I guess it's, it's going to be fine.
0: <laughs> That's true. I think it's the magic of frying is really the, yeah. the key here. Like...
1: <laughs> I'm sensing Ooh. some push from Big Banana, Big Berry, I mean, uh, oh. to to, to start, try to gain some goodwill, goodwill from that, uh, from the banana, just like kind of. You know, scoop it over. It's like, oh, we're berry, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a berry. It's a berry. They're like, yeah, you know, bananas. Those are ours. They're mm-hmm. those yeah. are ours. We're they're berries. <laughs> but you said also something about it grows from an herb. So what does that mean? Like everything's a plant, but what do you mean by an herb? Like it's like a sage, or like what? What are we talking about here?
0: Yeah, exactly. And so <laughs> I had always thought of bananas as growing on trees and i was pretty much picturing the right plants but it turns out that quote unquote tree is a humongous herb biologically mm. you know you think of herbs as little sprigs of stuff to season a chicken or whatever but like like the uh-huh. banana tree is a as a massive herb that's what's going on
2: that's huh. crazy
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the it just turns out everything about a banana plant is surprising and key source here is the new oxford book of food plants by g.j vaughn and c.a geisler but these oxford folks say that a banana plant is quote a tree-like herb which is anywhere from two to nine meters in height so just humongous which and you think like oh it's a big thing with a stalk it's probably a tree but what we think is a banana tree's trunk is actually a structure called a pseudo stem, and eventually mm-hmm. that grows tall enough to form a flower, which grows a structure called a banana heart. Which and a banana heart you can eat as a whole separate vegetable, and then around the heart it sprouts a bunch of the banana fruits, which are berries.
1: Ah, interesting. So if you if if you like oh.
2: a banana tree, would it taste delicious? Because I feel like that's the one, uh, you know, oh. thing that an herb does is just taste really good. So yeah. <laughs> it's the, the, the tree should taste good, or else it's not an herb, I think.
0: <laughs> Especially my partner, we get into cocktails, and there's a lot of little herbs that are cocktail garnishes. I'm imagining like dumping an entire banana tree Giant into like banana a little <laughs> Cosmo glass or something. Very fun to me. <laughs>
2: Or just a drink the size of, like, an outdoor swimming pool, and you're like, hang on, let me get my garnish.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then this last thing, I sent you guys a picture for it because it's really confusing. So we have an herb that grows a Mm -hmm. stem that does a flower, which gets you banana berries. And then underneath this herb, it turns out there's, like, a heavy, solid core structure underneath the ground that is called a corm, which is spelled C O R M. Mm -hmm. And the corm allows a banana plant to reproduce asexually because this isn't, th- these banana berries, they aren't full of seeds, right? And so this is a plant mm-hmm. that's not like dropping acorns or big pits or something. What happens is the corm forms new buds underground, which are called suckers. Mm-hmm. And farmers can also replant these and then farm that way. But basically, a, a underground solid structure sprouts a new pseudo stem. And then the old pseudo stem, once it forms bananas, uh, either dies or falls over. It gets cut down. And so you keep getting like that lasts for about two years. But secretly, there's an underground structure forming new sprouts all the time. And it's the same plant the whole time.
1: It's like a diglet. You know how there's like little <laughs> yeah. diglet heads, but they're all connected.
0: Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Precisely right. It's like, what is it? Doug Trio? Is that what it becomes? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> so they must all be connected.
0: Perfect visual. Awesome.
1: Well, I think I finally understand this, what makes it an herb. Like, this diagram helps because the trees are like one root, one stem. But this is like, it's just spreading like a fungus.
0: Kind of, Yeah. <laughs> It is. Biology is weird. I think it's the upshot. Botany is strange. Yeah, it's crazy. uh, Opposed to it in general. Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're taking an anti-botany stance. That's brave. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I always feel weirdly proud of anything that can reproduce asexually. Like, good for you. You don't need no man. You don't need no woman. You're your own thing. (laughs) By the way, uh I think both work equally well. bottom peel or top peel both great. oh so <laughs>
0: <laughs> you've been doing this experiment this whole time. I forgot to check I th- it was below no, the just, camera frame that was why yeah
2: <laughs> yeah I just grabbed two bananas and tried them each and I was surprised that yeah the bottom works just as well. It's like totally equal to me
0: Amazing. so I <laughs> can just do the bottom
2: yeah sorry i was i was gonna tell you that i forgot and then i was trying to like eat them because i didn't want to waste them wait you but did I was like out? Al- no i just did two i oh, did two my. yeah good But yeah. I, had had compost. Go. I, just, I I decided to compost them because i didn't want alex to have to like edit my chew- quietly
1: chewing in the background oh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bottom peel works great sweet but it still feels weird so it's like whatever you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're too old yeah. to learn new tricks you know
0: Exactly. Folks, that is the main episode for this week. My thanks to Lydia Bug and Teresa Lee for simultaneously guesting on this podcast and running banana packaging experiments in the background. It is amazing multitasking. I love it. Anyway, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on Patreon.com, patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic, you get two whole stories, two of them. We're talking about the origin of jokes where people slip on a banana peel and the secrets of radioactive bananas. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show, for a library of more than six dozen other bonus shows, and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring bananas with us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, there are two very different roles for bananas in the world's food supply. Takeaway number two, dessert bananas used to taste a lot worse and also might have briefly tasted better. And takeaway number three, bananas are berries that grow from herbs in an incredible way. Those are the takeaways. Also, I want to throw in one extra thing we did not quite cover because bananas are just too loaded of a topic. There's a whole nother thing. Within that third takeaway, we talked about banana plant biology. There's also a thing you will probably see on the Internet stated as a fact that is like kind of true and fun to know about. There's a lot of Internet sources that will say banana plants walk, uh, that they they quote unquote walk around the space they live in. And that's kind of true because that, that corm we talked about C O R M that core base of a banana plant underground that keeps growing new stems from it in a sense, like from an above the ground perspective, you will see the stem of that plant go from place to place, to place, to place because that one corm underground stays in one place and grows new stems. So if you see the internet say, Hey, banana plants can walk around that is what they're talking about. And it is like, it is like kind of sort of true. It's a wild way of describing a real thing about the plant. Anyway, that's yet another banana thing. What an amazing topic to cover. Thank you to Sean. Thank you to Joshua. Thank you to so many other patrons for putting it over the top and making it a show. And segueing off of that, also, please follow my guests. They also made this an episode. They're great Lydia Bug and Teresa Lee have so many comedy, writing, podcasting things going on. It's going to be a very robust link section. Lydia Bug is a columnist for 1-900-Hot-Dog and has also written for Reductress and the Trailer Park Boys comics and lots of other stuff. Teresa Lee's stand-up album is called We're Still Doing This, and then her podcast is called You Can Tell Me Anything. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. Several books went into this show. I leaned on the New Oxford Book of Food Plants by J.G. Vaughn and C.A. Geisler. Also, Banana, A Global History by Lorna Piatti-Farnell. What Have Plants Ever Done For Us? That's the title of the book by Stephen Harris. And then a slew of internet sources, in particular National Geographic, really came through. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken, Unshaven by The Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I'm thrilled to say we will be back next week with more secretly incredibly fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then. Go bananas.